Welcome. I'm Kevin Miller, and this podcast is called Self-Helpful because not all self-help is helpful. I'm your curator, critic, and translator of the best and brightest minds in the self-help world today. Five ways to gain wisdom and benefit from our setbacks. You guys know this quote. I said it in a previous episode. It's not how many times you get knocked down that counts. It's how many times you get back up. And the quote is attributed again to both legendary army officer, George Custer and legendary football coach, Vince Lombardi. I get the concept if you're in the middle of a battle or a football game, but otherwise I feel it's fairly misleading and has us all missing out on available growth and opportunity from our challenges. I mean, if you're alive, you will encounter something you desire to achieve not working out or something negative you didn't choose happening to you. And there you are. How you deal with it has to do with your ultimate life success and achievement and general well-being right down to your health and wellness. Just boom, getting back up again or persevering may or may not positively serve you any more than being overcome and defeated. This is my wrap up on the message and discussions with Dr. Nita Bouchon and the message in her new book, That Sucked, Now What? How to Embrace the Joy in Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess. And it brought me to grappling with how we as a society, me included, tend to polarize and view someone as an overcomer or a quitter, like it's simply two ends of a rope instead of a multifaceted spectrum with a lot of nuances. So walk with me a moment through some aspects I'm pondering and seeking to apply to my own life. The Self-Helpful Podcast was founded by the Zig Ziglar Corporation. If you're a coach or consultant and want to add credibility, clients, and impact to your business, go to Ziglar.com today. And this podcast exists to help you find and understand the guidance and counsel that will help you elevate your personal experience of life and the way you show up for others. Following these sponsors who help make the show possible and provide great resources for your life, I bring you a quick run through of five ways to gain wisdom and benefit from our setbacks. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, friends, I'm going to run through five points here on this topic. Number one, when you get knocked down, don't just hop back up. I mean, this seems so strong and valiant. We really applaud this in our culture. But if you've ever seen boxing matches, you've seen fighters jump back up and say they're ready while they're still stumbling around punch drunk. This is why the ref will often get face-to-face with a fighter to ascertain if they are, in fact, coherent and capable of continuing. Uh, When we have a setback, before we just jump up and plow forward, we really need to stop and assess if we're going to be better and come at it better. In part three of this series, I had Richie Norton on the show and he discussed how his family took seasons to grieve and recover from trauma and tragedy. He said it might be for a day or it might be for two years. That's pretty significant. I I know my own therapist, that's been a lot of their counsel is when something hard happens, when I have a hard feeling, they, they literally told me, sit in it. They didn't say, hey man, just, just escape it but sit in it. Uh, Whitney Goodman wrote the book, Toxic Toxic Positivity. I had her on the show not long ago and how we have that tendency to do that to other people and even to ourselves. Something bad happens. Hey man, just snap out of it. Could be worse and go on. And that that's not always best. And I literally, again, have a therapist working with me to sit in it and feel it. So I will actually work through it and benefit from it and go on better. Again, not just pop up and go forward the same or maybe even weaken from it. I mean, as a pro and elite cyclist, I had so many wrecks. Uh, one of the race styles we did was called, they called them criteriums, which are similar to kind of the NASCAR races where they set up a course on a couple city blocks and we do laps. It might be a group of a hundred guys doing laps. And if you wreck, you can take a free lap, uh, a lap to get to the pit area and then rejoin the pack. But often they'll find, you know, you've got a broken wheel. Something needs to be replaced. Or someone might say, someone might say, hey, dude, you're bleeding profusely. And more than once, I was eager to join, only to find out I wasn't really ready yet or even capable. And I took that concept, I think we do as a culture, and I took it into relationships and business endeavors. Get knocked down, just pop up and go at it again. And again, you get kudos for this culturally. Uh, as it looks strong at face value. But if you're not learning and you just get knocked back down again, it's not so strong. I think it may be a little stupid. And again, I'm you know holding my hand up as somebody who's done that. Many who does that and is trying not to. But many of our setbacks are not so much trauma or tragedy, but a mistake we made or a failure from ignorance we had or an unforeseen problem that arose. And here is where we need to be present and look for, again, what we can learn. So we don't just bounce up, only get hit again, whether it's trauma or tragedy that happens to you or a mistake that you made, we want to be able to look back on it and discern what we learned or what we can learn. We may need to go look at some of our past issues and realize, gosh, I don't, I didn't even think about it. That's where I was. I didn't, I don't know, man, I just got up and went, okay, let's go back to it and see what can I learn from that? Cause there's a growth opportunity. How can we grow and be better for it? Even if it's just growing in grace and peace amongst that storm. 
or the next one. Number two here, if you're not getting knocked down and having setbacks, you're likely playing it safe, right? That's what we're supposed to think, but maybe not. I mean, true. Sometimes people reach a point, uh, they've been hurt and they don't want to anymore. And so they just back off and they don't really go forward and don't do much of any, uh, you know, big endeavor at all. And that, uh, often leads to apathy, I think depression and not fulfillment. Also, sometimes though, people have done a lot of work. They feel pretty satisfied. They've gained a lot of wisdom. And just to say that they are now lacking because they're not having big setbacks, I think is poor form. I mean, the point is growth, progress, and fulfillment. I mean, in my athletic pursuits, I like pushing to failure. In my work today, eh, I've had a lot of big setbacks and failures. I'm not so flippant with just taking huge risks. I do have some big goals. And I think if you're listening to this, you do too. So taking some risk is probably going to be necessary, but to make big progress doesn't always mean you have to get completely knocked on your butt. And as you grow and mature, the failures hopefully will be less catastrophic. I mean, I, I made so many big failures in my past that I'm not really willing to risk it to that degree, but it's not that I'm playing it safe. I hope I'm playing it wiser and smarter. I, mean, I think about now, I'm still an avid elite mountain biker, and I actually think I may be faster on some of the downhills than I used to be. But what's interesting is I've grown in my skill. And even though I'm going faster, I really feel less at risk. And I think that's how we mature and grow. And so we're still pushing things. We still have some risk, but it's not quite as dire as it was when we were first getting started. And I think that's the point. Number three, another quote by a famous person, Winston Churchill said, never, ever, 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 ever give up. Most of us have heard that. Another quote, I feel really misinterpreted. Again, if you're in the middle of a battle or sports game, maybe that's good. But otherwise, there are times when continuing and not giving up is not the wisest thing to do. If we're continuing to get knocked down, we need to try to understand why, especially in the same way. Is it a goal that we really desire? Sometimes we need to really look at that and ask that question, be brave enough to ask it, even if it's something that we've greatly committed to and invested a lot in. Is it something we want? or we think is just expected of us. If you do feel a desire and a need to commit, is it time to look at different options for achieving the goal? Maybe we need to give up the current methodology, take on another one, still committed and not giving up on the ultimate goal, but giving up on that current methodology. I have so, so often felt called and driven toward a goal. And I have this initial belief in how I see it and how to go about it, a strategy. And I go, and I keep running the ground then later on until a new idea occurs to me or presents itself or somebody helps me see and I'm boggled that I didn't see it in that way to begin with. I now accept this as a part of the process. There is a goal. I'm going to go after it. And I may decide that, man, I'm fully committed to it, but I find myself struggling or in a corner and I try to step back and look at it differently or get some counsel and boom, so often find a different angle and realize I absolutely do need to give up on my current effort. Again, that I may have invested a lot in, but it's not getting me where I need to go. I need to make a different effort. I of course always wish that I had found that better way to start with, but maybe I was narrow-minded. Maybe I was ignorant. Maybe I was impulsive or maybe trying the first way was what was needed to get me to finding the right way. 
I just realized today I hold the methodology or initial strategy I understand much more lightly than I used to, and I'm open to other options. Number four, with the mistake, imagine it happened to a friend you respected. Seriously, think about a good friend of yours, somebody you respect, and imagine that whatever challenge, setback, mistake, trauma, tragedy happened to them. How would you feel towards them? What would you tell them? It's likely you'd view them and the incident with about 100% more grace and understanding than you give yourself, maybe a thousand percent. Man, this is true for me. And it boggles my mind when we just crucify ourselves for the mistakes that we made or how bad we feel, or we look for someone else to crucify and blame. And we get ourselves so violently wrapped up in anger and frustration and sadness that we handicap ourselves. And if we saw someone else doing this, again, especially someone we respect and admire, it seems ridiculous. We'd see all the good in them, all the good intent. We'd think the mistake or the issue seems fairly reasonable. And man, if we can even hear the tone, we don't think about that way with ourselves. But with them, I mean, I found myself with other people, my kids, uh, you know, my my spouse, friends, whatever, other people that I know going, oh my gosh, man, just you're, you're incredible. Don't, don't just kill yourself, crucify yourself for the, for this. Um, you got a lot going on. It's re, it's a reasonable thing to happen, but man, we don't do that for ourselves. And if we can, it is life changing. And I say that from the wisdom of the research and the reason and the testimony from others, even as I'm really in the midst of trying to apply that to myself, can I view myself, give myself the understanding, the grace, that I would to somebody else right now. My honest answer is no, I can't, but I'm trying to. So I intellectually understand this. I'm reading it to you right now. And I am with the next issue, trying to be present enough to step back and go, okay, Kevin, wait, think about somebody else. How would you respond to them? Can you please see your, can you step out of yourself and see yourself differently? Even if I need to go stand and look in a mirror. Number five, a lot of this is based on, most of it, all of it is based on what came up in the first or second episode with Dr. Nita Bouchon, the need for radical self-awareness. Let me say the pursuit of radical self-awareness. I don't know if there's any point where we can say I have radical self-awareness, but I'm pursuing radical self-awareness and what she said in regards to her work, specifically radical purpose awareness that to be able to do this, to take these setbacks and challenges, traumas, tragedies, whatever, to take those, be present, learn and grow from them, and then go forward takes self-awareness to a degree that most people don't have. Most of us may or may not have. Again, the fact that we're here listening to this, talking about this, means that we are striving for that. So we are looking for radical self-awareness, the ability to be present, to look ourselves in the mirror, to think our, about ourselves in a different way, and also to have radical purpose awareness. What is it that we want? What is it that we are on the pers- in the pursuit of working towards the goal of that we have this challenge for? And are we aware of the bigger purpose, the greater purpose, the deep desire and need that we want out of this? pretty big medicine to look at that. So these are things to strive for. I'm sitting here giving you these five ways, right? These five 
ways to grow and benefit from our setbacks. And there are things that we are all on the journey from. I don't know that we'll ever arrive at, but along the journey, we are going to help ourselves so much. And I, it's, it's, it's something that I wish I had heard this message, understood it a long time ago, but I'm grateful that I'm working on it here with you today. Well, this wraps up my series on Dr. Nita Bouchon and the message in her new book, That Sucked. Now what? How to embrace the joy in chaos and find magic in the mess. Thanks to Nita. Thank you, Nita. And thanks to Richie Norton as well for joining me in part three to discuss his perspective on this concept and topic. And thank all of you for walking with me down the path of this issue that we all deal with daily regarding the setbacks, challenges, traumas, and tragedies of this beautiful life. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Helpful Podcast, where I strive to help you and me elevate our personal experience of life and the way we show up for others. Stay driven, my friends. 